get up. Good morning. It's time to get up with Dak on the attack and in the zone. Is he playing the best that he's ever played? How far can he take the Cowboys? Plus, it's curtains in Pittsburgh as Mike Tomlin sacks his offensive coordinator. But does it really matter? Can Kenny Pickett turn it around? And Patrick's big problem, can anyone not named Travis catch the football? And will Mahomes, his receivers, stop him from getting another ring? Hey, good morning. I'm back. Yeah. Brian Cup. We back. In for Greeny. <laughs> it's get up. I got Kmart, Kimberly Martin's here. We got Jeff Saturday with us. Uh, Andrew Hawkins is with us as well. Oh, we got so much. Hey, look at that face. I My love goodness. it, love it. But you know what? Let's talk about the game of the night in Maui. College basketball. Number four, Marquette. Taking on number one, Kansas, the All-State Maui Invitational. And you got to have the Marquette legend, D-Wade, in the house. Opening minute, Cam Jones for three. He had ten points. But look, Cam's going to knock it down. And then look at the Kansas bench and talk some stuff, Jeff. It's going to play big because under four minutes to go in the first, Kansas trailing by eight. Devin McEuler, Jr. hits the triple. He had 24. Oh, he's going to talk junk back. Let's go. To Shaka Smart. Shaka didn't like it. Now the teams don't like it. Look at Shaka. (laughs) Well, you better stay on the bench, my man. (laughs) They had a little talking too. Technicals were diving out to both teams. And then cooler head look. You know, look at unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Second half, Marquette up by 10. Tyler Golick to Ozu Igodoro. He dunks it home. He had 21. Marquette rolling. They're up by 12. And then Chase Roth, the step back, want to kiss myself. He had 12. Marquette led by 15. They roll. D-Way's loving it. Marquette wins at 73-59. So what's next? For Marquette after knocking off the number one team in the country. Well, they got the championship with second rank Purdue. Mm. It is today at 5 Eastern. Only one school has ever beaten the AP top two school in back-to-back days. That was Loyola of Chicago, and that was in the early 60s. 60s? Well, let's talk some football. Thanksgiving is almost here, so we got to play a little game we like to call Need to Know. Hey, Mark, mm-hmm. what do you need to know? Listen, Brian, I need to know by the end of this game who is still going to be on the Brock Purdy bandwagon. I don't know. That guy, threw a, he had a perfect pass rating, and it feels like him and the 49ers are still being overlooked as one of the best and most dangerous teams in the NFC. Mm, uh, on that bandwagon, just so everybody knows. Oh, Stay gosh. On that bandwagon. <laughs> I've been there. Hawk, uh, <laughs> what do you need to know? I need to know if Jared Goff is for real. Listen, he's had an incredible season. He has these Detroit Lions being talked about in ways we've mm-hmm. never seen in Detroit. I remember when this trade happened for Matt Stafford, and everybody thought the Rams won by flying colors. I need to know after this game, could the Detroit Lions actually be the winners of the Matt Trafford, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade? Ooh, I like that. I, I like, like that. that. Uh, Jeff, what do you need to know? Can Dak keep them rolling in Dallas? Speak baby. on it, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, speak on it. QB in the NFL. Can he keep it going? Everybody thought we was going to go a, a, a ground and pound with Mike McCarthy. No, no, no. Dak is still the man in Dallas. Let's see how he rolls this weekend. Yeah, speaking of Dak, he had this to say yesterday about this heater that he's been on. Take a listen. I can tell you the, the way that I feel, um, the confidence that I have in this group myself. Um, zone, I guess you can call it, whatever it is. Uh, talked about it over and over, the coaches, um, just the chemistry of this team. Yeah, by far the best I've, I've ever felt. And it's not just me, it's, it's, it's a lot of the things around me. Okay, so I got to ask a question here. It, right now, is Dak Prescott 
the best QB in the NFL at this very second. Year. Absolutely. He's playing, the, he's playing the quarterback position better than anybody else in the NFL right now. And everybody's going to go to, hey, it's the competition. Well, guess what? Whoever you're playing, you got to go play, and he has played that way. They're averaging 34 points and 417 yards. I don't care who you're playing. In the NFL, they still got dudes on the other side, and he's showing up. It's, it's the C.D. Lamb show. Guys getting 13 uh, atten- or targets per game. Think back to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Himbo and I were just talking about that. Back in the day when they fed through him, yeah. that's exactly what Dak is doing with C.D. Lamb. Guys got 60. I mean, the way this offense is running is the way that, that we knew Dak could carry them. Everybody want to go ground and pound. He has shown up. They're inviting Brandon Cooks to the party a little bit. I like where they're in. Ferguson obviously getting healthy now. It's going, to be, it's going to be a good offense to watch the rest of the season. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's playing lights out. To your point, Jeff, he's finally, like, tapped in to his number one receiver. This is kind of the, the, the chemistry he had with Witten back in the day when he was very yes. young and we were seeing all the potential. But with Dak Prescott, it's always about how he plays in critical moments and against good teams because when you are an elite quarterback or you're a quarterback that people are talking about as being one of the best and maybe MVP candidate at times, you have to show you could do it against the great teams. He has played lights out. I have not taken anything away from him. But the Chargers secondary, open sesame. Eagles secondary, <laughs> open sesame. Giants secondary, open sesame. The Commanders secondary have been open sesame. I love it. Do what you're supposed to do against That's those right. level opponents, but I want to see it late in the season and in these critical moments so we Uh-oh. can truly put Uh-oh. you where you belong in that elite quarterback conversation. Well, you know what I, you know I, what I, I love about going to come with it. Yeah, I know she's, she's yeah. going to come. But, Kmart, you got to look at this. Remember at the beginning of the season when Mike McCarthy is like, I'm calling plays? They basically handcuffed Dak and said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to go conservative. I'm going to go ground and pound. Mm-hmm. And I think they found out that, look, Tony Pollard, He's a little light in the tush. They can't go ground That's and right. pound. So, you know what? We got to evolve. We got to put the ball in the hands of Dak and let him make plays. And all of a sudden, I think they found their identity. You look over the last four games, uh, QBR, he's number one. Pass touchdown, 13 of them. Nobody has more than nine over the last four games. Uh, completion percentage, 71%. You tell me why he's not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. No, I, the numbers support that. What I loved about what Hawk said was, um, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but look at everything else that I'm going to point to that says he's not, he's like, none of this matters right now. And that's, and I think the conversation between Jeff and Hawk right now illustrates the larger issue with Dak. What happens right now? No one, like, okay, so you beat the Panthers. That everybody's going to point to the schedule. Yes, you, you play who's on your schedule, yeah. but when we talk about power rankings and where you put teams, you say, ah, well, in that conference, and that division, ah, they haven't really played anybody yet. That's the reality. Dak is playing lights out, but I think it's bigger than Dak. I think this is a Mike McCarthy situation as far as him actually realizing, oh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. He is a number one receiver. Oh, oh, we do have – we need to feature Tony Pollard. And I think it's Mike McCarthy changing the way he's calling plays mm-hmm. that opens things up for Dak. It, Dak, to me, was never – the question mark for this team. And when you talk about the Eagles, look, he played great against the Absolutely. Eagles. Had he not stepped out of bounds and when right. he was diving yeah. to try that touchdown, they probably win that football game. So it, it brings me to the question. I think the Cowboys are two games back when you talk about yeah. the, Can they catch the Eagles, you think? They cannot. I think they, because I think the Eagles are in a different class. I'm just being real. The Eagles played offensively. They played an average game against the Kansas City Chiefs and still found a way to win. And so if you if you can be nine and one and you still haven't really gotten played near your ceiling, 
that's telling you something. I would have loved to see the Cowboys went and got Derrick Henry at the trade deadline. They need they need some some bodies on that that, that can go you know bring your own blocker type mentality, right? Go. That's what's going to ultimately cause them because to Kimberly's point in the playoffs, it ain't just about your quarterback. Everybody else has got to do their part. He can carry them only so far. The other guys are going to have to pick up their game and make it happen. That's Cooks. That's Pollard. That's Ferguson. Those guys are going to have to have that. I just don't see them catching. Are you sure you want to have that take, Jeff, the day before Thanksgiving? Because the Prescott family is thinking that you're coming over. I am coming now over. Now you're saying, I don't know if no, you can win the division. No, so no. I don't know. <laughs> they're 9-1. I mean, they've already stepped in. But when they get the playoffs, it's, hey, we're still family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, hey, 9-1, they just beat the Chiefs on the road. Oh, it's a tough catch. Hawk, what do you think? Can they can – they, can they catch the Eagles? It, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because the Eagles have their record in spite of the way that they've played this season, specifically offensively. They have not shown the chemistry. They have a new play, play caller in Coach Johnson, and they just haven't been on the same page. Did an incredible job making adjustments against the Kansas City Chiefs, but what happens late in these games is that their big-time playmakers step up and make huge plays right. to close out wins. And typically, it's like, man, that's cause for concern. But no, they are stacking Ws. They are the number one team in the league in spite of not reaching anywhere near their potential. And I think that's just scary. And for the Cowboys, who are kind of the opposite, they're playing as good as we've seen them in years. It's going to be tough to make headway on that lead. You know, the, the, I think the good thing for the Cowboys is when you look at the Eagles schedule, they're going through the gauntlet now. You know, they got the Bills, the Dolphins, all of those type of teams coming up now. Cowboys get a couple of cupcakes, so to speak, here oh, on the next couple Ryan of games. Just jinxed them. Look at that. Before they run through yeah, that gauntlet. Yeah, their last three games are going to be tough. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they face their gauntlet at the end of the season. Hopefully, like you said, they have built enough confidence to carry them through. And they'll face the Eagles again at home. Yes. Which is, you know, that, that's, that's going to be the mark. Telltale sign there, if it's for real. All right, a uh, bunch of good matchups in the NFL across the, this weekend. So it's time for a little game about, we call it, who you got? Kmart, Josh Allen. Bills, Jalen Hurts, Eagles, who you got? Well, the way we're talking about the Eagles, guy, how, how could I pick any other team but the Eagles? <laughs> no, I think, honestly, when you look, it, to me, it comes down to the quarterback play and the, the completeness of the Eagles team. They are not playing their best football, but they find a way to gut out games. I, I, I like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Did the Bills show you anything with that last one? Yeah, the Bills are a good team. Again, yeah. for me, it's about the playoffs. They're a great team, but it's about the playoffs. All right, uh, Jeff, just one game separates the Ooh. Jags, the Texans, and that AFC South. Who you got, Jeff? This was tough for me. I'm, I'm going to go the Jags here. No, they got oh, me no. Texans, but I went the Jags. I'm not sure how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, – I, I, listen, I, I, I think – with Trevor Lawrence and where they are, they found ways to win. They got blitzed by, by San Francisco, but other than that, they played well over the last month and a half. I think I think the Texans are right there with them. I just think the Jags ultimately get on this weekend. Okay, uh, Browns and the Broncos will be putting their win streaks on the line. Hawk, who you got? You know what? I love the story that's brewing in, in Denver and Russell Wilson back on mm-hmm. path. Uh, Coach Sean Payton, but I'm going with the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns defense, yes, we know they're good. I think they're even better than advertised. They can win with Deshaun Watson. They can win with P.J. Walker. They can win with DTR, not throwing a pass beyond seven yards in the first three quarters. This defense is elite, and they're going to smother the Denver Broncos. Mm, Do we believe in the Broncos? They win this game? 
I don't. I, I'm going Browns as well. I think I'm with Hawk. I just think the defense for the Browns. I love exactly what he said. Where Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have gotten yeah. to, but but it's still a modified version of success in Denver. They still have a few more weeks. I I, I knew they would end up putting it together, but the first year it just takes time. I think the Browns defense it, it puts it on, especially up front. They're going to have tough matchups. I'm just glad as as a as a you know adopted daughter of the city of Cleveland. I'm just glad that people are finally paying attention. <laughs> adopted to the <laughs> I really am, because I don't know, because I sound I sounded crazy talking about the Browns defense for all these weeks, and now America's seeing it. I um, love it. I, I, but credit to the Broncos defense, yeah. Yeah. because they are playing. Yeah. I don't want to say lights out, but they're playing extremely well. I think they'll give DTR some fit. Yeah, I, that, I will say this too. That's a great point. If if they can force DTR to beat them, that's going to be the Browns. The, the Browns' calling card the rest of the season is don't allow your quarterback to to to, to hurt you. Right. That's how they're going to have to play it. And the Broncos have forced a ton of turnovers the last four weeks, so that's going to be the difference maker for sure. All right, we'll see. All right, coming up. Oh, Canada. Mike Tomlin <laughs> fires his offensive coordinator. Is his quarterback now on the clock? Wait till you hear what he had to say about all of it. Plus, the Chiefs, they're literally dropping the ball and dropping games because of it. Will it cost Patrick Mahomes another ring? It's Get Up here on the network. We'll be right back. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Get Up is brought to you by Disney's Wish playing only in theaters. All right, time to play Fact or Fiction. Jeff Eagles should be Super Bowl favorite. Fact or Fiction. Fact. I mean, look at it. They just they go to Kansas City, beat the Eagles. I mean, beat, beat KC after a bye week. Everybody talks about Andy Reid, the whole deal, and don't really play that well offensively. Their defense played a great game, limited them to zero points in the second half. Like, you look at this Eagles team again. Jalen Hurts, everybody's worried about the knee, pulls that thing down, toasts it for a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Smith shows up when they lock down A.J. Brown. Those are all big-time signs for the Eagles, and they should be favored. Uh, Kmart, Ron Rivera in Washington taking on Dallas on Thanksgiving. Is he coaching for his job? That fact or fiction? Ryan, that's fact. uh, Unfortunately for Ron Rivera, his tenure in Washington has not been great. This is a team, defensively, they have a ton of high draft picks. Offensively, they got weapons. 
And for some reason, this is a team that cannot compete seriously in this division in the NFC East. So, yeah, I think it's we're nearing the end. And Washington's dropped four of their last five. Hawks, Steelers will make the playoffs after Ooh. the oh. Matt Canada firing. <laughs> is that fact or fiction? Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to say fiction because I only have two options, a fact or fiction. But the reality <laughs> is you're changing offensive coordinators at the most crucial point in the season, right? And you're going into this, this division, the best division in football, and looking at what they have down the stretch, it's going to be tough sledding for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, you know, Mike Tomlin spoke yesterday about the decision to let Canada go and how the team plans to move forward. Um, did not come to this decision lightly, to be really transparent with you. Um, it's just a personal belief of mine from a leadership perspective. Uh, it is my role to absorb and protect um, those that I work with. Um, and this doesn't feel like that. I'm focused on this week in terms of the development of Kenny. Um, you know, we're not urinating on the fire, man. Um, we're, we're, we're getting ready to play a football game and win this week. Leave it to Mike Tomlin to say something like that. Say it with such intensity. <laughs> yeah, oh, with oh okay. <laughs> to me, the key, what he just said, the development of Kenny Pickett. Because mm-hmm. you got to think now, you're looking squarely at that quarterback and saying, okay, you're a first-round pick. They've gotten rid of the offensive coordinator. you got to deliver now. Yeah. Uh, from the outside looking in, the, the timing of the move was surprising, even for some people in the building. But the reality is, Matt Canada did lose guys in that locker room on, on offense. Maybe not all, but enough where something had to be done. Uh, the problem in, in Pittsburgh goes beyond just Mike, Matt Canada, though. Yes, some league execs have told me their offense, very elementary, easy to figure out. They don't even use the weapons that they have. However, other execs I've spoken to have said, you know what, replacing the OC... That's not going to be enough if your QB is limited, not reading defenses quickly enough, and not actually being accurate with his passes that he is targeting his key receivers. So we'll see. I think this – I have their game this weekend, so I'm interested to see how this springboards them and if it's sustainable. Because this 6-4 and four record that they have, it's good, but it does not mask all the issues that they have offensively. Okay, so then let me go to the guy who we know has coached. Mm-hmm. Will getting rid of that offensive coordinator make a difference for the Steelers? It's going to make a difference for Kenny Pickett because mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to put a spark in understanding, hey, I'm, I'm playing for my job. Right. Like you just saw one dude take it fall, right? He, he's gone, and at this point, it's now all on you. I would say the biggest probably indictment to Matt Canada is last year when you looked at Kenny Pickett and, and Pickens, they were like 97, 97.8 out of 100, meaning that that's the guy you go to. He's 37th in targets this season like you got to go find your guy and I think Pickens will be a much bigger part of the offense I think Johnson I think they found Warren which will be a big help they can run the football uh Najee Harris but but to to Kmart's point when Najee said what he said and Deontay Johnson and Pickens had really started this weeks ago Mm -hmm. that was what forced Mike Tomlin's hand it's not about fans it's not about that pressure but when you feel like inside your locker room and so now all that pressure that was focused mm-hmm. at Matt Kenna is going to go to Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Like, make no mistake how, the, how it falls in a locker room. That dude has got to be your dude to compete it, in this division. But in fairness, Najee talked about um, how, you know, this, this isn't sustainable. We also need Najee to be better, too. Yeah. You know, Jalen Warren has come out and proven, like, yeah, I deserve to be the number one back here. Yeah. 
But when you are targeted, when you are given the rock, you got to make plays. That's that, right. So it goes. It's a, mm-hmm. that entire team has to be better. But a lot of it always falls on the quarterback. And mm-hmm. given what Jeff just said, Hawk, what do you think? Is Kenny Pickett playing for his job? You think this season now? Absolutely. That's NFL football. Everybody is playing for their jobs. What Kmart said is absolutely right. You look at Warren. You look at this offense. Yeah, Matt Canada was probably outmatched a little bit. First NFL team he's worked for. Again, week in and week out, it looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers were at a disadvantage. But when Warren got the opportunity, he made plays. It didn't matter what the scheme was. When his opportunity was to execute, it would happen. And for, for Kenny Pickett, that's what we're looking for. That even within that offense, there's wide open receivers down the field. There are moments you have to step up and fill the pocket. There are throws that you should be making as the NFL quarterback that Kenny Pickett has not done. And so when they make this move, it is not taken lightly for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is one of the most loyal organizations in the NFL, if not the most loyal. They And I know we talk year in and year out about the job that Mike Tomlin does. And we routinely say, oh, this is his best coaching job. I truly believe this year for the record they have and the offensive output that they've put on the field is his best coaching job. And now it's time for Kenny Pickett as a quarterback to prove Mm -hmm. to everybody it was Matt Canada, not me. Now I feel loose. Now the game will slow down and I can make the plays that I've been tasked to make as a starting quarterback for this organization. Let me say this to what Hawk is saying from from a coaching perspective and from what Matt Canada has has been doing. And he is going to take the brunt of all criticism. They have not had a 400 yard game in two years. So I'm not I'm not trying to absolve Matt Canada. But to Hawk's point, man, when you're missing, if you're the coordinator and you're calling plays and your quarterback is missing wide over, you know, crossers and wide open touchdowns and he's not making, he's not accurate with the football, why change the play, right? If, if your right. play design is getting guys open, it's very difficult for coaches to go back and go, hey, I'm going to make these massive changes. I think fans want to see changes, but when you when you know you're, it was like the Justin Fields situation early in the season, right? What gets you, it's like, if, if you're seeing these open receivers and we're not hitting them, is it the coordinator or is it the quarterback? It's the quarterback's time now to show it's, it, it was the coordinator, not me. Because I'm telling you, you show up inaccurate again, bro, there ain't no more excuses. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no more explanations. Yeah. Yeah. It's I can't do my gig. Yeah. One word answer. Spill buying Steelers as a playoff contender? Oh, yeah, I'm buying everybody in the AFC. What do you get? Yes, I am. I am. I think they get the 10 wins. I got the Bengals twice without Joe Burrow. I think All right, they get there. Got to talk some hoop as well because coming up, well, you know what? We'll talk hoop later because coming up, <laughs> Patrick's big problem. We Can go. anyone named Travis catch the football? Will Mahomes' receivers stop him from getting another ring? We got to discuss that. Plus, all the cause, we chaos, and scenarios when it comes to college football. Is it possible the SEC will be shut out of the playoffs? Heather and Paul, they're here next on Get Up. See, we talk football on this show. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Welcome back to Get Up. Uh, let's talk some NBA hoop. Tyrese Maxey, Sixers, Cavs, NBA in-season tournament. Uh, Cavs down one. This is the fourth quarter. And Darius Garland, how about this heat? Off the board and in. He had 32. Cavs up by two. Next 76ers possession, Joel Embiid. We're tied up at 106. Ooh. Five seconds left. Tied up at 110. Sixers for the win. Embiid. No dice. So we're going to OT. Under two minutes in OT. Tied up at 114. Maxi going to Embiid. And this is just big boy basketball, Jeff. Just hey, right there. Didn't pull up for the jumper that time. No, he Take did not. <laughs> 32 and 13. He had also had five assists, five blocks. But then Craig Porter. Driving on Embiid and scoring. Cavs led by two. Next Sixers possession. Watch the ball movement here. They get it to Jay Cole, also known as Tobias Harris. He knocks down the three. He had 23. Cavs next possession. Jared Allen getting it in. Cavs back up. Sixers next possession. 17 seconds left. Maxi, no. Embiid, no. Oh, Maxi had 30, but it wasn't enough. The Cavaliers win at 122-119. Sixers 2-2 two two in that NCC tournament. Cavs 2-1. Tonight on ESPN and the app, we got a great doubleheader. Giannis, the Bucks, Jason Tatum and the Celtics is at 7.30 Eastern. And then we got KD and the Suns taking on Steph and the Warriors. Coverage tips, NBA countdown. That is at 7 o'clock Eastern. All right, back to football and those struggling Chiefs, their offense, you know, they had 26 drops this season, six mm. more than any other team. They had the same number basically the entire season of 2021 during the regular season. Now, KC has failed to score in the second half of each of their last three games, losing two of those. And for the season, you know, the Chiefs are last in the NFL with 5.3 second half points per game. And they've had four red zone turnovers this season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. They had four all of last season, including the playoffs, a total of 20 games played. You know, our Dominic Foxworth says the offensive issues could catch up to KC. As long as their defense can keep them in games and Patrick Mahomes is still upright, even with drop passes, they have a chance, but they really need to get that first round by. There's no way that they make it, I think, if they have to get through three of these AFC teams. Look, at 73, the Chiefs, might have to go on the road if they want to go to their fourth Super Bowl in five seasons. And really, that's a situation Patrick Mahomes has never seen. Of his 14 career playoff games, none of them, not one, have come on the road. Okay, um, 
Kmart, mm-hmm. I think it was Maya Angelou who said, once said, oh when someone shows you who they are, believe, believe them the first time. Yes. So with that, how concerned are you about the Chiefs offense? You know what? Unlike Jeffrey, who's seated across from me, you know, he's a worrier. I have a feeling, you know, he, gets, <laughs> he, he deals with a lot of anxiety. I, you know what? I, I, I go based on what I've seen. And what I've seen says that you should trust 15. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not happy that other Chiefs receivers cannot catch the football. But Travis Kelsey, their number one option, right? Okay. He had 27 catches in the playoffs last year. Nobody else on the Chiefs had more than 10. So when I look at this team, Travis Kelsey being the dude and everybody else not picking up, like that to me, it's sort of like this is what happens with this team. Now, it is week 12. Somebody has to learn how to catch to the football besides Travis Kelsey, but I think the combination of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes at least gives me some sort of comfort that they will figure it out, especially with Andy Reid uh, at head coach. But you looked at what the Eagles did. They double-teamed, they triple-teamed Kelsey, and said they're those and other guys that make catches. Here's how I will push back, okay. Ryan. They still <clears throat> had plays. Like, the guys were still open. So catch the ball, son. Like, that's literally <laughs> all you have to do. Patrick will find you. Do your job. And I don't think – I know it's week 12, so it's late to be having this conversation, but I can't see – the Chiefs not making the playoffs and getting in there and still guys are dropping past. I just can't see it. Oh, Hawk, do you agree? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again <laughs> and expecting different <laughs> results. We've had this same conversation since week one, kickoff weekend against the Detroit Lions and the receivers not making those plays. Now, I'm not saying that this receiver group can't do it, but there does seem like a lack of accountability and discipline within this offense that goes well beyond the receiver issues. There's penalties. There is bad turnovers from everybody on the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like it's understated at the value that Eric Bieniemy brought to this offense. Mm, Even the people and the players that played for him that brought him criticism said that he was a disciplinarian. He held a standard. He would yell at the star players as much as he would yell at the undrafted free agent practice squad players. And what that did to me and tells me is that there is an accountability issue. A bunch of young wide receivers who don't realize or understand how to get out of this drop pass funk. There is no question about Patrick Mahomes. He is the best player in football. He will be for the foreseeable future. But in those critical moments when the defense is doing their job and the offense needs to make a play and 15 puts the ball right where it needs to be, who's going to make that play? And that's the concern for me late in the season and into the playoffs. What do you think, Jeff? What are you saying on this? I'm concerned. Oh, see, what I say. What I say. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Because here is the situation that they're in now. They missed at the trade deadline. They had an opportunity. They could have went out and got a guy like D-Hop, somebody. Go go find some receiver that's a true dude. Because you're seeing Travis Kelsey for what's going to happen in the playoffs. The way the Eagles played him, double and triple. Watson has an open touchdown. He makes the catch. Watson has a 25 – he has another drop earlier in the game. And then he has that 25-yard pass that is a dot to continue the drives on a fourth and 25, hits his hands and goes off. They had three drops in the last drive of the game. Like, that is unacceptable. I don't care what football team you're on. And here's the problem. MVS dropped the ball in Green Bay. Yes. Tony dropped the ball in New York. You're, you're talking about guys who have a proven track record of dropping balls. Their wide receivers have dropped 9% of the, of the balls that are catchable. That is an issue because teams will take out a tight end. It is the easiest position in football to diminish the value because they can double and triple on him. And listen, they have the best 
pass pro offensive line in the league. After that Super Bowl where they got torched by Tampa because everybody was mm-hmm. injured, they went out and got the O-line. They have plenty – Mahomes has plenty of time to hold the football. The issue is the guys down the field and in big moments. We're seeing them make the catches in the first half. In the second half, it's like everybody tightens up. Well, guess yes. what? Playoff time, yeah. it's tighten up time, bro. Right. You got – at some point you have to show that you are the guy that Patrick – because here's the thing for Patrick Mahomes. He, he is not – he is a human just like the rest of us. If everybody continues to drop the ball, he's going to stop throwing the ball to yeah. He's going he's gonna to start forcing balls to guys that he trusts, and that's when the offense will break down. And you heard him after the game. He said, listen, I'm going to throw it to the open dude. That goes great until that dude keeps dropping it. And then you go, you know what? I ain't throwing it to that dude anymore. Yeah. And guess what? I played with two in the Hall of Fame, or one's in the Hall of Fame, one will be. Them dudes don't keep throwing the guys who drop it. Like, at some point, the frustration, you know, it goes over, and that's the point that you're at. You're at week 12, yep. and, and to Hawk's point, it started in week one. Yeah. Bo, get on the judge machine. Okay. Get on the freaking machine, make catches. Yeah, Bottom line. the ball, son. That's a good, good point. Uh, All right, let's talk about college football because the college football new playoff rankings were released last night. Same top ten teams. Only one change, though. Washington. They passed Florida State for fourth in the rankings, and there's sure to be more movement next week because, you know, you've got the big game, Ohio State and Michigan. All right, so look who joins us now. All things college football. We've got Heather Dennett. we got Paul Feinbaum. And listen, um, you guys are the foremost expert when we talk about everything and when it comes to college football, especially this playoff thing. And is, I guess the question is, is this an elimination game when we talk about this Ohio State-Michigan game, Heather? It's an elimination game, in my opinion, for Michigan. Because if Michigan doesn't win this game, they will have one win. One against a CFP top 25 opponent. That's Penn State. Their first four games were all at home. They didn't have a non-conference game against a Power 5 opponent. Those are the things that will doom you in that selection committee meeting room on selection day if you don't win your conference. Ohio State is a little bit different because it has wins against Penn State and Notre Dame, which was the blueprint for getting into the CFP last year. The difference last year was that USC lost in the Pac-12 conference championship game, dropped out, and it was a no-brainer. This year, there are too many other contenders. I think it's going to be extremely difficult for any conference to have a team get in that doesn't win its league. You know, I know we saw this last year. Paul, I'll come to you there. Um, How might the Big Ten put up two teams in the college football playoff final like they did last year? What do you think? Yeah, maybe on some video game or in a fantasy world, but it's not happening. Uh, I mean, and they, they deserved it last year. I mean, they had two of the four best teams in the country. They have very good teams this year, but but Heather laid it out. I mean, Michigan, go find a, a better opponent than what you had if you want to lose at home and figure out a way. Ohio State did what I just got through saying. They went to, they went to Notre Dame and they won the game. Uh, but they have a narrow path. But it seems like every year we're sitting here trying to figure out a way to get Ohio State into the playoffs. And at some point, you have to wonder if that's not going to be in the mindset of those committee members on that final Sunday. All right. Look, let's stop talking about the Big Ten. Let's get to the SEC because, Paul, we know that is right up in your wheelhouse. So it, let's say if one loss Bama uh, knocks off undefeated Georgia, then what? 
That should not be a question, should it? Uh, I mean, do we, are we, we're talking about Georgia, and I know before Heather comes in with the facts and the, and, and the bylaws, <laughs> let me explain what Georgia has done for the past three years. Uh, they, they haven't lost in forever. I mean, they will win on Saturday night against Georgia Tech the 29th straight game. Uh, that's never happened before in the SEC. It's hardly ever happened in college football. You might have to go to Bud Wilkinson uh, in the in the 50s to find a point of reference, and there, I think there's one other one in there. Uh, th- this is this is a dynasty that we're talking about. So what does that have to do with this year? Georgia is still the best team this year, and if they lose one game to a very good Alabama team, I, I don't think it should disqualify them. It certainly shouldn't disqualify them against some of the other teams we're talking about. Uh, of course, that has to happen, and I don't know that many people who are predicting it. Uh, Heather, do you see any world that we could live in where the SEC could be out entirely from the college football playoff final at all? <laughs> at all? It's certainly possible. Listen, first of all, I would be no. shocked if it happened. Let me put that out there. I would be shocked. But if you have undefeated Washington, if you have Georgia winning the SEC, or Alabama winning the SEC, you have undefeated Big Ten champion. You have undefeated Florida State. We can't talk about this without talking about the head-to-head between Alabama and Texas. You can't. But what's important for people to remember is no one in the country will have a better opportunity to impress the selection committee in the conference championship game than Alabama because they're playing the committee's number one team. Who you play matters. Texas should hope it plays Oklahoma because that's the highest-ranked Big 12 opponent left that they could possibly play. They could avenge the regular season loss to the Sooners, and they have the head-to-head. But that's not the only thing that matters. Strength of schedule matters, which is why it's possible that Alabama's win would be more impressive, obviously, than what Texas does in the Big 12 title game. I love it. Paul's sitting there looking like, what would I have to talk about if that happens? (laughs) (laughs) Why would I be here? Anyway, Heather did it, Paul Feinbaum. Thank you very much. All right, here's our featured college football rivalry weekend matchup. You got seventh-ranked Texas. They can lock up that spot in the Big 12 championship game with a win against Texas Tech. That's Friday night, ESPN. Then Saturday night, you got fifth-ranked Florida State without, of course, uh, Travis uh, Jordan here. He's got the broken leg college football career over. They take on Florida. It's on ABC. And then you got number one, Georgia, squaring off against Georgia Tech for the 115th time. You can catch that on ABC. Oh, boy. Coming up, Tom Brady calling out the NFL. Did you hear what the GOAT had to say about today's players? You will, and we're going to talk about it. Plus, oh, Jeff. Oh, My oh, man, oh. it's right before they get He's serving up pancakes. Brandon's not here, but it's like Le Poor Reservoir. My man James Conner is about to let a man receive it as we go right here. James Conner, right here, running back, get some. Bam! Oh my goodness. Hey, look, it wasn't no surprise either. That man's coming on a blitz. James Conner set them hips down, gave him the business in, and continues to block to get his man in the end zone. You gotta love James Conner. Receive it, fine sir. La Poor Reservoir. That's that, that's that southern France. In case y'all don't know. That's that French from down south. Y'all feel me? Come on back. Come see us. Sat him down. Coming up. Welcome back to Get Up. All right, town for Sound Off. Tom Brady talking to Stephen A. Smith said that he hasn't enjoyed the overall product of the NFL 
especially around the league. Here's Brady talking about the mediocrity on the Stephen A. Smith show. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Talk about hey, it, Tom. Yo. Talk about it. He, and he said it with his chest, Jeff. <laughs> uh is he right? Is the right. NFL just mediocre right about now? He, he's right. And the, the situation for the NFL is everything has focused on scheme instead of fundamentals. And so I can use Tom Moore as a great example. He's a Hall of Fame coach who was with the Steelers with Bradshaw, won Super Bowls with Peyton Manning and us and, and the Colts, was with the Bucks and Brady when they won Super Bowls. And he used to say, and I'm going to church it up for TV, but he's like, <laughs> you can take all those pretty plays and use them as toilet paper uh, if you can't pass, protect, and mm-hmm. execute them. And so what's happened now in our game is it's not about physical. It's not about pass pro. We're, we're at, at, at 6% pass pro. I mean, it's down 6% uh, over the last few years. That's a, that's a massive – and blitzing isn't up, by the way. So you can't tell me it's one-on-ones, defensive linemen upsetting offensive linemen, get receivers not knowing where in routes they should be. Everything's going away, and it's all starting off the, that, that seven-on-seven, this pass, Skelly. Everything's about scheme. Nothing's about execution and fundamentals, and it shows up. Hawk, what do you think? Uh, Tom is preaching. I was raising my hand because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this <laughs> yes. man is dropping gems right now. And this is coming from a wide receiver. I am all for the health and safety of players in the league. But to Jeff's point, the product is suffering. You look at offenses around the league in general, right? And, and as an offensive player, the good offenses, why we love Mike McDaniel's offense is because of the amount of detail that goes into it. Kyle yes. Shanahan's offense. I've been there. There is detail to everything they're doing. There's barely any coordinators who have a, a long tenure in where they're at today. And I liken it to when you have a really good basketball player, it is harder for a really good basketball player to play well against a, a player who has zero experience than it is another experienced basketball player. And you're seeing that in the game of football. The defensive side is struggling to try to figure out how they evolve with the new leagues and the changes to the physicality. And the offense Conversely, on the other side, it's no longer a game of chess. The details don't matter. And now around the league, there are barely any offenses that are these juggernauts that you watch every week and you can see the schematic prowess of these teams. The game of football is changing absolutely. You know, it's interesting what he just talked about because I know Jeff and I and Himbo were talking, I think it was 26 new offensive coordinators yes. right now in the NFL. So absolutely, there's no longevity, it seems, with those positions. What do you think? I just think beyond just changing the rules to benefit offenses, I think uh, coaches and GMs are under so much pressure uh, to win right away that quarterback development, I think, is taking a step back. For sure. It is, it's, it's great hearing Tom Brady. When we hear we talk about the GOAT, we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Peyton. Like, there's, a different, there's a different level of quarterback play. Um, and I think we're looking at so many quarterbacks right now, like, oh, is he any good? Like, what happened to him? Yeah. Did, Take the time to develop these guys. This is, it's a 10-year investment, or it should be yep. if done the right way. But because people are under so much pressure to win now and change it up and blow it up. Is that analytics, though? Is it too much on analytics? As it, as again, it's going to scheme. But to Kimberly's pro, uh, point about development of players, when you think about you know, how do you get a guy from point A to, to, to point B and how long is this going to take, we rush everything mm-hmm. in the NFL. And you cannot allow pressure from the – like Bill Pullen used to say he was in the Hall of Fame. 
game. If you start thinking like a fan, you're going to be sitting with the fans. Mm. We got a lot of people who are sitting <laughs> yep. thinking like fans, right? Like, this isn't Madden. Yeah. Like, you have to develop and you have to understand concepts and why things work and why things don't. And right now, we skip it all and just expect people to produce. And to the NFL's point, they want scoring. Yeah. They want 38-35. They're getting it. You know what I mean? But all the, all of a sudden, we're mm-hmm. not producing those numbers. But one of the reasons because Tom Brady's at home. Yeah. You know, if he if he's on the field, he puts some points up too, right? But you nope. know what? But you know what's fast yep. and easily prepared? What's that? It is. It, it is. is. Time for pancakes. Let's go. <laughs> pancakes is one of our favorite things. So let me show you how we're gonna get this thing going. Right. Oh, we back, baby. Bam, bam, bam. Got to eat them up. That's how we start this off. Let's go. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. You can't stop us. We can't stop us. That would just spank pancakes on you. We are back. Can we do one more thing? Oh, Woo! there we go. Let's get it. There we go. Yes. We got the cakes. They're <laughs> over the here. Cake. I'm going to hold them because my man Fox is at home celebrating Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. I got it, Fox. I'll do both. Here we go. We're going to start out with Max Bredesen first from Michigan. Watch this right here. Leading in the hole. Fullback. Not only does he hit him low, the defender tries to roll out of it. Still puts him on his back and lays on top of him. Hey, that's one pancake. But watch right here. Bam. Get some of that action and then finish. My favorite part is he stays on top of him. Mad dog. Show him what's up, man. Show him who dominated that play. That's one. You've got to love it. It's called scoring with your man. He meets him whole at, at the hole, gets him through. you got to love it. One pancake. Bredesen, nice play. Number two, uh, uh, Birmingham. Watch him come around here. Look at that. Ooh. Hey, listen. When you spin a man, when you spin a grown man all the way around and still chase him down and lay on top of him, that dude is so pissed. He's like, come on, man. You already knocked me down once. Right. Are you going to chase me and lay on me? That's how we do you, Robert Zalaman. We are nasty. We are grimy. That is a thing of beauty. Birmingham put them down and find them. Lit on top of them. Probably should have given them a little smack on there. We're going 2K for that because it's coming through. Everybody understood the mission, understood the assignment. Get that right there. That's the, hey, that's the perfect shot right here. And we're finishing it up with my man Dawkins in Buffalo. He's at SBN as well. Yeah. You'll see at the end. But watch him knock him up. Clemens is mad. Watch right here. Oh, 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 oh. Give me the flag. Give me the flag. Unfortunately, he got punished and got the flag. Right. He's unfortunate. But you got to love that he body splashed. You see, I mean, he full wingspan and laid this thing down on Clemens. Which, by the way, is insulting. I think there was a skirmish even post-game, so we got to tone it down just a little bit, my man Dawkins. But I love the action. I love the finish. Look at the hands out. Let him fly. Let him fly. I see you. I see you, Dawkins. Show him what's up. You you know he did show up one day with no shirt, too. He's different. He's different. Look, we got three cakes. Throw the cake. All three right there. That's how we do it. That's how we do it here. All right. Coming up, Dak is on the attack and in the zone. Is this the best he's ever played, and how far can he? Take them Cowboys. Our former Cowboy, Big Swagoo, is here, and it's next.